We're looking into the future. We're looking into the future. We're looking into the future. Welcome to episode 49 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. We're here today to preview the upcoming match between the Vancouver Whitecaps and the New England Revolution, taking place on Saturday morning. Our normal guest, Aaron Campbell, is off on assignment today, but we are joined by AFTN's Jay Duke. Hello. And we'll also be joined by Sean Donahue, who is of New England Soccer Today. As we normally do in the preview podcast, before we look back forward, we're going to look back a little bit. It's been a few days now since the Chivas-Vancouver Whitecaps game. What were your thoughts about that game, the 1-1 draw? Well, I've managed to get myself out of bed after that terrible viewing. And I've been able to now uh, resume my life. Yeah, it was terrible. It was uh, really a, a tough game to watch. I hope there wasn't people who were out there and watched their first ever Whitecaps game at home and went, oh, I should check this out on TV because it was so good. You know, what do you say? It's it, as, as good as the, the first game was, uh, the, the second, that game against Chivas was just as bad. As much as you can't take, you, you can't plan a parade route after that one, the first game this season, you can't throw it all out either after this loss. It was pretty poor. I think that they... The, they started to come on a little at the end. I thought there was some really bad performances some from some people I wouldn't have expected, uh, such as Rio Coker, I thought had a bit of a stinker. I know he's maybe had some illness issues there. Fernandez was just atrocious, probably one of the worst out there, as well as Demerit. So it was really tough to, to it seemed tough to get anything going out there. Hard to watch. It's going to make it interesting for this week to see what happens and whether Robbo is going to say, all right, let's switch it up. Then you guys didn't do well enough. Or whether he's going to say, I know my guys, they're going to bounce back after this. And we'll see, put the, you know, more or less the same guys out there against New England and see what they have. And one of the guys that was missing that we talked about that, you know, might be missing because of injury was Russell Tybert. And I think he definitely had, there was a little bit of an impact there where there was a lack of working going on in the midfield, winning those balls. And guys like Laba and Rio Coker, who we expected to be better at that, definitely didn't have that support from Tybert. And obviously, Fernandez didn't offer very much either. Yeah, he seems to be fit this week. So we'll see if that makes a big difference. You were mentioning in, on Twitter, especially, you were not happy with Demerit. What, what was it about his game that really upset you in this, in this Chivas game? 
Uh, well, I, I don't know. I'm with you, and I think I, I think Russell coming back is really going to help. That was one of the things that I think was missing last game. Uh, was uh, Miller looked really out of place. Even when when Chivas was dent, down to ten men, nobody was pressuring them. The midfielders when they when they had the ball, they were allowed to walk through the midfield with it. So Russell, I think, will help that. As for Demerit, I. I've never, I've never, I I like Demarin. I really do. I think he's a good character guy. He's a good leader. And I really do like those big crunching tackles where he flies across the the screen and and takes somebody out early in the game, sends a message. But man, you got to be, you got to, first of all, if you're, you're getting paid the amount he is and as oft injured as he has been, it's a big risk to have a guy like that on your team. And it, when he is there, you need to expect that he's going to be really leading that back end. He's really going to be taking charge. And he's the one who seems to be causing a lot of problems rather than solving them back there. The first two games of the season anyway. Quite a few times in that game, he, he stepped forward when maybe it wouldn't been very smart to do so and missed the ball or missed a tackle or got dragged out of position and then all of a sudden you have a three-on-three go in the other direction and you're, everybody's scrambling. So that's that's my biggest concern is that he's really a high-risk, high-risk defender and if he's missing, you're, you're looking for a lot of trouble. So those are our quick thoughts about the pre- previous Chiefs game. Before we dive into the New England Revolution, let's hear the thoughts of Carl Robinson at training on Wednesday. So um, you're facing a team that's struggled in the in their first couple of games. They're you know they're a dynamic, youthful team and everything. Yep. They were really attacking last year. Is is it somewhat worrying facing them when they're you know haven't really found their striders or something you, you can take advantage of? I think they're a good team. I think they've shown last year that you know they they have got a lot of talented young players. It's their first home game. They haven't played at home yet, so it's going to be a, a tough place to go. Uh, playing against a good team who. You know, players are probably still trying to find their form. So, you know, we are, we've been there twice, Vancouver, and we haven't won there. So, you know, it's going to be a tough venue for us. We know that, but we're going and we're looking forward to it. Do, do you want to stress to your team that, you know, this team is losing, like maybe lacks a little confidence, you know, to, in order to, you know, step on them, don't give them that time to settle into the game and everything. Maybe they also have those nerves in their first home game. Yeah, I think so. I think that's important in every game you play. It's important you start well and... Obviously, they'll want to start well as well because it's their first home game after having two defeats. But, you know, make no doubt about it. It's going to be a very difficult game for us, as it always is away at New England. Um, but if we focus on us and perform to the levels that we know we can, then it'll be a very, very good game. With the change of time zones, um, yep. you're going to be starting at 11 o'clock in the morning. Do you see that as being an advantage because you're, you usually train at that time? Or could it be a disadvantage because you're not used to that over on game I think, days? I think it's a bit of both. Okay. I, I really do. And I'll, I'll be able to tell you a little bit more after the game, whether it's an advantage or a disadvantage. But, you know, we'll use it. But we do train at that time, so that is helpful. I haven't said that. Obviously, different time zone is, is not great, but it's something we have to deal with. So we'll make sure we're fully prepared and then hopefully we'll be able to perform on the day. So those were the thoughts of uh, head coach Carl Robinson on the upcoming game against New England. And right now we're joined by Sean Donahue, the editor at New England Soccer Today, which can be found nesoccertoday.com. Uh, welcome, Sean, to the program. Thanks for having me. 
the Revolution, they were basically a very young and dynamic team going, coming into the season. There was a lot of high hopes. They've, they've lost their first two, although, you know, they're both on the road. So, you know, there is a little bit of leeway there. But they have yet to score a goal. And this is a team that is expected to score a lot. Is there a danger that these first two weeks could hurt the confidence of such a young team? I mean, I think that's always a, an issue with a team this young. Um, towards the end of last season, they built up a lot of confidence going into the playoffs. They played really well. You know, they started off the season poorly. Um, you know, I think part of the problem is, is you know, some of the, the veteran leadership on the team. You know, and Jose Gonzalez, who obviously we'll talk about his issues later, but you know, him not being in the lineup last week, that certainly affected the team. And you know, he's the captain of the team, and if he's not happy, you know, that can't be good for the team. Uh, they brought in a guy like, like Kobayashi, who you know, has a veteran presence, but you know, there are a lot of young guys in this team. I think last year was a great experience for them making that run into the playoffs. You know, obviously, they lost in the first round, but they did, you know, did do pretty well against Kansas City, who were the eventual champions. They had their ups and downs last year as well, and uh, that's only something they can learn from and carry forward to this season and you know, try to turn around what their pretty poor start for the game. Is there an issue behind the lack of goals? Is it a tactical issue, or do you feel the players are creating enough chances and just it's just a matter of not finishing them right now? I think in the game against Houston, after they were already losing, they did well creating you know, a lot of chances and they just couldn't finish them. Uh, against Philadelphia, they didn't create as many chances. They had you know one or two you know, good chances that they should have done better with. Uh, but I think part of that is you know inconsistency in the lineup. Uh, between the first game and the second game, they made five changes to the team uh, you know, across the field. And that was something in preseason two where they didn't have a lot of consistency. You know, a lot of that was because of injuries that kept happening um, and, and things like that. So I think consistency is a problem. They lost a the guy in Juan Aguadalo who you know, really you based your offense off of. He was a guy that could, could do well holding the ball up up top, you know, could win long balls. He actually liked you know, playing with long balls at times. Um, and you, you swapped him off a guy in Teal Bunbury who you know, is another great player, good scorer, but he's a different type of player. He's not a guy that likes to play with his back to goal. You know, he's like a guy that likes to combine going forward, you know, Short, quick passes, um, like playing, you know, facing goal. So that's an adjustment for the team, and the fact that they haven't had the consistency there. Um, you know, Calendro and Lee Wayne have yet to play together, and they were so good last year forming that central midfield pairing. Um, but you know, neither of them have started the game at the same time at this point this season. So that's something that's definitely hurt them. Um, so I, I think it's consistency and adjusting to, to Teal Bunbury. Um, those two factors have really hurt the team. But they, you know, they did create a good amount of chances against Houston. They didn't create as many against Philadelphia as you would have liked to have seen them create. But I think that that's less of an issue probably than the defenses right now. Last year's Defender of the Year, Jose Consalves, like you mentioned earlier, was not in the 18 last week. And he's obviously not, it seems like he's, it's been reported that he's not happy with his contract. Was this something that just came up last week? Or has this been boiling in the offseason and preseason and just got to the point where Coach Heaps had to make a, a decision and, and keep him off the, off the bench? Um, it's something that's been boiling up since preseason. There was um, a, an article that kind of came out of nowhere on a, on a blog um, where somebody interviewed uh, Gonzalez, who, you know, who, where, where Gonzalez brought up his frustration with the contract. He said some promises have been made that, you know, I don't know, hadn't been followed through on or whatever. Essentially, it sounds like he, you know, he wants more money. Um, the deal was when they, when they brought him over uh, on loan, there was an option in his contract to, you know, to buy him out and to have a three-year contract. Um, so they, they picked up that option at the end of the season. Obviously, he had a great year. And he did anything he could to justify that contract. Uh, they picked it up, you know, under contract for, I believe, three years, from what, from what I've heard. And, you know, based on last year's salary, you know, in fact, in Omar Gonzalez's EP salary, it would make him the second-highest-paid defender in the league. Um, so, obviously, it's not a not a small contract. $450,000 was what's been, you know, raised about it, the, the number there. But apparently, you know, he wants more. He wants to be playing for the Portuguese national team. You even mentioned something about, you know, needing to go to Europe to, to make on the, you know, to make a 
get himself in the books for, for Portugal and have a chance to play for them, which um, I'm not sure how realistic that is at this point, especially with the World Cup coming up, even if he was to go over there, or if that's just, you know, just saying something to try to get more money. But, you know, obviously he's not happy. Obviously he boiled over last week for whatever reason. Um, the first week he actually played played and started and played pretty poorly first two goals. It seemed to settle in as it went on, but you, know, you, you have to wonder if that was a distraction then, if that was part of the reason why, uh, you know, apparently he said to talk to him this week and decided out of 18, if part of that was performance based. But, you know, this is something that's, you know, we knew about for, for months in New England and didn't think it would lead to this right away, but apparently, you know, now he's, for whatever reason, not playing, you know, for, from, from some side that he's willing to play and other side that, you know, that keeps getting an ultimatum, he said not to play. So it's unclear what, what exactly the story is there, but whatever it is, it's not good for a team that, you know, misses their captain and their best defender. What, what are the chances he starts this week, especially with Andrew Farrell having injury issues? You know, I haven't heard anything positive as far as anything getting resolved with with this team and the and the issue there. So um, I, I would be surprised if he started this weekend because I'm not sure what's changed this week. But you know, then again, there's still you know a couple days before the home opener, and you know with these injury concerns, you don't, you don't know. So uh, right now, I'd be surprised, but you know something could change in the next couple of days. Uh, there's an article that came out over in, in Scotland today based on an interview on Monday where you know said he's happy to play for the team and he, you know, he likes it here and he you know, thinks he'll be here for another couple of years. So. It's just a, a very confusing situation in which you know, both sides have said different things and you know, something is missing. So it, it's hard to know what will transpire in the next couple of days. Right now, I'd be a little bit surprised if he, you know, if he was back in the lineup, but certainly wouldn't write it off yet. Are there any other injury concerns going into this game? Do you think Rowan, we mentioned before, Rowan and how they haven't played together yet. Do you think they'll play for the first time together? I, I think they will this weekend. Um, Rowan got some time off the bench in the last game. Uh, when it finally started in the last game. So I think that the two of them hopefully finally be fit enough to start together. And that would be a, a huge boost to this team. And, you know, whether or not that means Kobayashi doesn't see the field uh, from the start in this game or uh, who sits because of it, that's the question. They, they made so many changes last week. One of them was they took Scott Caldwell, pushed him forward a little bit, and put Andy Dorman up with more of the defensive midfielder and kind of a more defensive-minded lineup in general. So at home, I'd imagine they probably will switch back to their more attack-minded lineup um, whether it's Caldwell or Andy Dorman, is, it remains to be seen. I think that's one of the issues that the team has recognized um, in preseason and throughout the season has been that the, the lack of kind of a hard-nosed defensive midfielder. The Revolution have a very creative midfield, uh, but it's a very undersized midfield. Um, you know, but not a lot of defensive bite. They put Scott Caldwell defensive midfield position. He's a great passer, um, highest passing percentage on the team, uh, but he doesn't. You know, short guy, not like a guy like you know what they used to have in Charlie Joseph back when he was in his prime. A guy who wins lots of balls and intimidates the other team. They certainly don't have that. Uh, with Andy Dorman, they have a little bit more of that, but I don't really even think that's his game so much. So that's something they've been trying to fix. Um, they don't have the, the right player for that role. So whether or not they play Caldwell and Dorman again, I'm, I'm guessing that this is going to be one of them this game, but that's an issue. Um, and I haven't gotten the latest injury report to know uh, where everyone else is at on the team, uh, whether Cy or San is closer to, to full fitness. Um, because he you know, was a regular starter last year, started this, game, this year on the bench due to the uh, serious injury suffered last year that he's recovering from. Uh, but there, there is definitely a few question marks going into this game. Okay, so again, based on what you've seen in the first two games of the season, like last season they they had a period where they weren't scoring. They, I think they won like 450-plus minutes where they haven't didn't score a goal. Based on what you've seen this season, do you think the Revolution are capable of turning around quickly, or do you think there are some concerns in the lineup that might not have been visible when the season started. Yeah, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is, is um, no Gonzalez. He really changed their defense last year. Uh, if he comes back with the right attitude, you know, ready to play, give 100%. So a lot of talent on the team offensively. 
um, many creative pieces in the midfield. You know, a lot of options there to mix and match, and depending on who they're playing against. You know, they got some impressive rookies in Patrick Mullen and Steve Newman, who we, we still haven't seen in one of these regular season games yet. So yeah, that's still uh, you know another question mark whether what we get from him. Um, then of course Kobayashi and what he provides. There's just a lot of creative talent in this team. I, I think that scoring goals, you know, will eventually solve itself. The question is, will the defense solve itself? And if Gonsalves is gone, um, can they come anywhere near repeating what they had last year? Because you also have to remember they lost Matt Reese, who was, you know, great goalkeeper, you know, veteran, one of the best in the league for many years, great guy organizing the back line. Now they have, you know, the goalkeeper competition. Shuttleworth has been starting so far. You know, he's been shaky at times. Long shots, which was an issue for him last year, continues to be an issue this year where, you know, he'll, he'll get a long shot and bobble it, not hold on to it, not control it very well. Sometimes on crosses, he's been a little bit shaky. I don't know whether it's a confidence thing or what. But, you know, the combination of no Gonsalves as their veteran in the back line and you know, no Reese who is their veteran in goal, you know, someone's got to step up and lead that back line. And as long as it's in flux and you don't know what's going to happen with Gonsalves, it's harder to see that happening. I think that's the, the big issue as far as turning it around is figuring out the defense. Uh, there are a couple of former Whitecaps from last season that are on the line. Diego Kobayashi, you already mentioned him. And then there's also Brad Knighton. How do you think those two guys are fit, especially you just mentioning Shuttleworth struggling? Do you see Knighton, you know, being humming a, a factor in the starting lineup? Yeah, you know, it's very interesting. At the, at the preseason, um, they both switched off and on. Most people thought Knighton outperformed Shuttleworth. I was one of those people that thought Knighton really had a, a stronger preseason than Shuttleworth. I, I think most reporters, people covering the team, had Knighton coming up the starter to, as a starter to begin the season. So we were a little bit surprised to see Shuttleworth out there. Um, you know, the first game, it's hard to blame him too much for, for any of the goals that he gave up. But at the same time, there was some shakiness in other situations. Same with this game. Um, you, 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 against Philadelphia, you actually thought he could have done more on that goal. Uh, and then, again, more shakiness on some long shots. So I feel like he'll probably get one more game, and I don't think that Heaps wants to you know, really shatter his confidence by switching him out after two games. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think the, the leash is all that long because they have a very capable keeper in Knighton who, uh, you know, I thought had a very strong preseason and uh, earned playing time. Well, going into this game, who are some of the players or some of the key factors that New England's going to be looking at, you know, in their game against the Caps? You mentioned a few before, but is there anything under the radar that you would you probably highlight? Yeah, I, I think the, the big key here is getting uh, Fagundes more involved. Uh, he obviously had a great year last year, 13 goals, 7 assists. When he's had his opportunity, he's looked really strong this year, but you know, he hasn't seen as much of the ball as he saw last year. Part of that, part of that was certainly against Philadelphia, where the Revolution didn't have much possession at all. You know, kind of an embarrassing amount of possession. The first half, at one point, I think they had 20% possession, uh, which is just unheard of. You know, an MLS in particular. So yeah, they need to get more of the ball and keep more of the ball. And, you know, that will help solve that. But the other thing is Kellen Rowe, who was so instrumental last year. You know, getting him on the field, him and. Diego combined really well. Diego and Juan Aguadillo last year combined really well. If he can build that the same sort of relationship with Teal Bunbury, uh, that'd be, be huge for this team. You know, both creative players, both good goal scorers, and you know, just finding ways to get him the ball more, which starts with the team having the ball more, is a big big issue for this team if they're going to score more goals. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. What do you think wins? Or is it a draw? There's a lot of, vari- yeah, there's a lot of variables with the lineup at this point, so it's hard to, to say for sure. I kind of think that you know, I, I saw Vancouver's last game against Chivas, which probably wasn't the, the best game of their season so far to see. They obviously had a great start against New York. Warner's impressive against Chivas when they were up a man, probably to get the draw. You know, I, I think this is a game that the Revolution need to get at least a point out of. Uh, I, I think they're capable of drawing this game. I'm not sure they're going to have enough to win. You know, if, if Gonzalez comes back and all of a sudden that changes, he's ready to play. Um, I could see them winning it. Uh, without him, I think it may be a you know, 1-1 or a 2-2 game uh, is, is possible. Let us know where we can find you online. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Sean, S-E-A-N, 
L. Donahue, D-O-N-A-H-U-E. And then, of course, our writing is at New England Soccer Today, which is nesoccertoday.com. And I also run the New England Soccer Today Twitter frequently at nesoccertoday. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Sean, for joining us. Thanks for having me. So that was Sean Donahue of NewEnglandSoccerToday.com, breaking down everything you need to know about the New England Revolution. It's finally the tables are starting to turn. Talk about a revolution, oh no. Talk about a revolution, oh no. Talk about a revolution, oh no. So thanks once again to Sean for joining us and talking about everything about the revolution. We're back here with Jay. So Jay, the game coming up now, this is a chance for them to, I know it's early in the season, but a little bit of a redemption from last week's game. The team has been talking about that the, the coaches especially don't want to be too down on the players this early in the season. But is there a concern that if they don't show up for this one that, you know, some doubt creeps in their mind? I don't think so. I think it's probably a little bit early to be worried about what the image of your club will be for the season only in Game 3. I mean, they, they had a dominant performance in, in Game 1. If they if they have two stinkers, yeah, you're, you're going to say, hey, what what the heck just happened there? And you're probably going to be leaning towards more that, you know, we got to figure out what's wrong. But I, I think less concerning about the what the result will be will be what kind of product we see, whether or not they bounce back with energy. And you see them try and control the game and bring the game to the revolution a little bit more. Definitely, the heat's not going to be a factor in this game. It's going to be it's going to be outside of the, in the cold, and it's also going to be on turf. So there is a uh, you know a difference there from the last game. Who are some of the key players that you think will will be important for the Whitecaps to you know kind of reestablish what they did in that first game? Well, like like we mentioned before, I, I'd I'd actually like to see both Fernandez and Tybert both get a start again. I was pretty critical of, of Fernandez and thought that he was one of the worst last game, but I'd like to see him given get given one more chance. The, the, only, the only other option to that I think we could see is maybe have Mane come in in his place, but I know there's been some issues with his fitness and, and you know slowly recovering from that a back injury. I, I want to see uh, Tybert and, and Fernandez back on the field in those uh, those wide attacking midfielder positions and and have those guys put that pressure in the midfield and see if we can get that dominant performance out of Rio Coker and Lava again. Yeah, I think Mane's, I agree with you, I think Mane's going to be uh, some time still until he starts. I would like to see him start because he seems to be very explosive, but it's a matter of will he go 90 minutes. Maybe they put him on knowing that he's only going to be able to play one half and they take him off at the half. I, I'd rather have somebody start off strong. One of the guys that I, a couple of guys that I think need to play better if they get the starts, and depending on, we'll talk about the starting lineup who we think is in there later. But Rio Coker and Lava, especially going up, up against a tandem like Kellen Rowe and Lee Nguyen in this, their central midfield, that's going to be very important because those two guys are very creative. They actually turned, when they started playing with each other, they turned around the season for them for the revolution. The revolution at one point after their first game last year went 480 minutes, about 480 minutes without scoring a goal, and then they finally paired those two up in the central midfield, and that's when all like everybody remembers how they kept scoring goals. But there was a period where they didn't score, and they're right now in that period right now, starting off 180 minutes to start the season. So Lava and Rio Coker, I think, are very important in disrupting whatever happens in the midfield. They played now two games in a row where 
They play teams that like to attack from the wide sides, and this one's going to be a central attacking team. They like to tackle from the middle and then maybe pop it outside, but they control the ball in the middle is the biggest thing for them. And I think that that may play into the Whitecaps' strengths. I, I, I think from what we've seen anyway, the Whitecaps ha- are much stronger through the middle. And if we're, I mean, both defensively and offensively, but it'll be it'll be nice to see a team that we're not worried about all those crosses coming in from the wide side. The thing is about them is they, they control the ball quite a bit, but even but the one issue this year has been lack of possession. Even in the against Philadelphia, they barely were able to hold on to the ball. There was like a wide disparity, especially in the first half, first half of the game. That's that's something I think they will do. So in the Whitecaps last week, they actually had more possession, but they weren't able to do anything with it. I think that's something they have to correct um, going f- into this game. They have to be able to attack and, and take advantage of this the back line that's kind of right now in shambles, even though they only allowed one goal against Philadelphia. Philadelphia obviously took their foot off the pedal lot in the late in the game yeah. last week. Yeah, and from all accounts, uh, Philadelphia was, was just slicing them apart. And no offense to Philadelphia, but I don't really think they're an offensive juggernaut or anything. In the game before, Houston just dominated them with, I think it was three goals in the first half. First twenty-three minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, they're they're certainly even they're at home, and and New England's going to be looking for a bounce back. I, I mean, they've they're off to a pretty bad start, and it's their home opener. So, I think they'll be looking to bounce back. But certainly, it it plays well into the Whitecaps' hands. I think this week they got a good shot against the team that they match up well with. I think another player that we we should also mention is Diego Fogendes, who who had a really fantastic season last year. He's only I think he's still under 20 and he he's had struggled obviously this year. He he had a great partnership with Juan Agudelo last year. This year he's kind of teaming up with a guy we, like a lot of Canadians don't like in Teal Bunbury. Boo. Exactly. And so I think there's probably some chemistry issues right now. I think he's going to be a guy that the Whitecaps really have to look out for. They, the Revolution normally play a, a 4-1-4-1, where Fugendas plays wide. Last week, they played a 4-2-3-1, and the Fugendas was playing it more in the midfield. But it all depends on where they put him. He, and he normally moves centrally as well, so he'll, he'll become a striker all of a sudden, a withdrawn striker. So it'll be interesting to see where they put him and, and, and where the Whitecaps should actually look out for him because he's, he's one of the dangerous players even if he's at a very young age. Uh, what about the, the time zone issue? Like the, I talked to Robinson about this in training on Wednesday. They're going to be playing the game at 11 o'clock, 2 o'clock East, 11 o'clock Pacific. And that's the time they usually train. So do you think that's going to be an advantage for them, like playing when they normally train? Or do you think that's going to be like something they're not used to playing that early? They have to somehow, you know, they're traveling on Thursday, so they maybe get one day used to the time zone difference. This will be the first time for a lot of those guys traveling west to east yeah yeah it's gonna be uh it's it's certainly gonna be a bit of a uh some there might be some growing pains for guys like morales who's used to not having to travel too far in leagues like croatia and spain and now uh to come here and uh then have to travel what i I, what is it probably going to be like a six hour flight with a layover somewhere in the middle there and uh, the big time difference. Yeah, it. We'll see how they. The the concern for me is how they start. I I think you know if you're me being a non professional athlete, when I go out and play beer league hockey or whatever, when you have a late start or an early start, yeah, it feels weird when you get there. 
But then after the first couple minutes, you start to get used to it and you're just playing again. So I, 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 they'll probably be the same. Once they get into the rhythm of the game, the, the time won't necessarily matter as much. It'll just be maybe how, how quick they can get out of the gates. So those are our thoughts about the Vancouver Whitecaps game against the New England Revolution. Now it's time for our weekly segment where Michael McCall talks about his three t- things that he's looking out for in the game. And obviously an appearance by probably our most popular member of our previous show, Predictor Pooch, in a segment called Trio Time. Trio! Too loud. Trio! I said that was too I loud. I want a trio and I want one now. Yeah, well we all do, man, but listen. Not one, not two, I mean, but three things in it. Listen, could you just cool it? Not one, No three things are quite as good together as a trio. New England is never an easy place for any teams to go in the West and I don't really see it being any different for the Whitecaps this coming Saturday. There's three key areas that I think we need to have a look at. One is the bounce back ability. Which team is going to bounce back more from recent disappointments? New England have lost their first two games but they've been on the road. This is their first game at home. They're strong at home Do they have what it takes to turn it around right away and and stop the raw and and get their first win of the season? Or can the Whitecaps bounce back from a really disappointing result against Chivas where they didn't play as a team, they just had no creativity for most of the game and they they dropped a point and they they struggled against 10 men? Whichever team is going to bounce back best is going to get the three points from this one. Another key element to look for is the revenge factor. A lot of ex-Whitecaps seem to come back to haunt them, and Lee Wynn for New England has already shown that. Now, with the revolution now, you have Wynn, you have Brad Knighton, who's unlikely to start, but if he does, you know he's going to have a blinder of a game. And, of course, Deiko Kobayashi, really poor for the Whitecaps. What is he going to show for the New England revolution? If these guys are really up for it, and also you've got Teal Burnbury, who gets a lot of stick from Vancouver and Canadian fans. These guys are going to be up for it. If they can raise the level, that's something to watch out for. And it is something that could come back to burn the Whitecaps. And the third thing in my trio of things to watch out for is this left wing. From watching New England this season, they've struggled when teams are attacking up the left wing. Very noticeable last week against Philadelphia. A lot of Philadelphia's best success came when they attacked up that left wing. It's going to be very important that Jordan Harvey gets into this game, makes some runs forward. I think we could possibly see him get his first goal of the season. He's going to need support there. So whether it's Fernandez or Miller or and whatever players are going to get picked to play on that left wing and support Harvey, they need to get going. They need to attack. They need to get some crosses in from the left because New England are quite weak there. And if the Whitecats can attack, that's definitely going to be a way that they can get through. Lots of ifs, lots of buts. I, I see it being a really close game. If the Whitecats can capitalise on what I've said, I think they can get a draw out of it, maybe even sneak a 2-1 win. But I think it's going to be tough on the road, and my tip is for a New England win. It's Predictor Pooch time. So far this season, Predictor Pooch is 2 for 2, having predicted the Whitecaps win over New York and the draw in Chivas. This week he's going for the outcome of New England Revolution, Vancouver Whitecaps, on Saturday morning. To help with the predictions this week, we've decided to use some of Predictapooch's toys and not balls like we have in the previous weeks. 
So what we have for him are three toys to chase. There is Raccoon, Overly Long Strange Polar Bear, and The Severed Head of Humphrey. Now, if he brings back the Raccoon, that is going to be a New England win. If he brings back the Polar Bear, that is going to be a draw. And if he brings back the Severed Head of Humphrey, that's going to be a Whitecaps win. So we're going to throw the toys down the hall for him now. What will he bring back? Polar bear, raccoon, or severed head? Three, two, one. Go fetch, Predictor Pooch. And he's going down the hall. He's gone for Humphrey's head, but no, no. Oh, he's squeaked. He's gone for the squeak. He's gone for the squeak. It's the polar bear. But he's put it down. He's put down the polar bear. He's back to Humphrey's head. Now he's looking at the raccoon. He's very indecisive this week. This is an indication it could be a close game. Come on, Predictor Pooch. Bring back. Come on, fetch, bring. This is a disaster this week. He just cannot make his mind up at all. Instead, he's now gone to his toy box and he's trying to bring back... He's brought back the orange dumbbell. It wasn't what was thrown. I'm not quite sure if that's going to be a match abandoned or what, but we're still going to persevere with this. This is Radio Gold or Radio Nightmare. So, predictor puts, go fetch, go fetch. He's gone back to the three that we threw. Go on, fetch, fetch. What's he going to get? What's he going to get? He's going back to his toy box. Oh, this is just sheer disaster. He's sniffing over his toys. I think we're going to stop this and actually go for his balls. So, what we have for him this week is an orange chucket ball. If he brings that back, that is going to be a New England win. We have a normal, old-fashioned, run-of-the-mill tennis ball. If he brings that back... It's going to be a draw. And we have a special super duper green combination ball that has about, let's see, it's got about six different kind of balls attached to it. Obviously, that's a special ball, just like the Whitecaps team. So if he brings that back, that's going to be a Whitecaps win. So let's see what he's going to go for. Chuck it ball, tennis ball, or green contraption. So we're going to throw it down the hall now. Are you ready? Three, two, one. Predictor pooch. Fetch! He's gone down the hall. The things are bouncing everywhere. He's chasing after the tennis ball. The tennis ball seems to be what he's wanting. He's kind of gone round the corner now. And he's brought back the chucket ball. Now, that's a disappointment. He has predicted a New England win. Predictor Pooch has gone for the home win. New England win. Will he be three for three? We'll find out by Saturday afternoon. Trio! I said that was too loud. I want a trio and I want one now. Yeah, well, we all do, man, but listen. Not one, not two, I mean, but three things in it. I listen, could you just cool it? Not one, No three things are quite as good together as a trio. So that was Michael McCall and Predictor Pooch. And as you heard there, Predictor Pooch predicting the first Whitecaps loss of the season. So, Jay... Let's before we do our own predictions, let's talk about the lineup. It's I think there will be some changes this week. There was one change last week. I think the guy that got taken out last week because of injury, I think he comes in for sure. I think Tybert definitely should be a starter. I think they missed his work on we talked about it earlier. I think we he, they missed his work in the midfield. Yeah, I agree. And and uh he, he does give you some width as well. Um I know he's not necessarily an out and out winger per se, but that was that was one of the things is they couldn't really work the ball through the middle and they couldn't had troubles getting it out wide until Manny came in. So I think he helps you there. And another thing is uh, I think it helps as well is that the in-game, in 
they can change to a 4-4-2 if they want to. They have to substitute Rio Coker out and put Manny in in order to switch to a 4-4-2 because they didn't have the people to play a wide and everything like that in that formation. So I think Tybert being there, I think that helps him out. I think Maddox, I think Maddox again had a really hard working game. I'm not sure how well he'll do in New England in the cold weather, but I think he should be in the starting lineup at the up top. Yeah, I know. I know. You know, you, anytime you're a striker and you don't score goals, you're gonna catch a bit of flack. But over the two games, I don't know if he's probably been the most consistent over the two games. He's been the the best player probably out of the last well, two games. So he set up the the winner against New York, and he set up the tying goal against against Chivas. So he's earned the Whitecaps. If you think of it that way, maybe not with goals, but with assists, he's earned up four points. Certainly. I think the other two guys, I think Morales, I know Morales obviously didn't have a, the great second appearance, the first start that compared to what he did against New York, but I think he should be up there. And I think the, I think the other spot is either Fernandez or Miller. I think there is a chance that Miller might not start because I just don't think he's, I think he's better off if he's not going to be starting up top, I think if Maddox is the guy, I think he's better off coming on, off the bench at being that striker that can get a late goal or get a winner or a tying goal late in the game. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I I, I still I, I I think we're still going to see Fernandez uh, in on the left. I think Robbo probably likes what he brings and what he can bring with. He's a little bit more comfortable with the in tight passing and that kind of thing with Morales. I think we're going to see Fernandez come back in and he'll get another shot to keep his spot in the starting 11 cemented. So uh, let's go to the, the guys that are going to be protecting the back line. We mentioned it before, Rio Coker did not have a good game. He had the cold off from what was reported. And Laba was working, oh, extra, working extra hard in order to make up for what Rio Coker wasn't able to provide because of that. Maybe he was pushing a little bit too much. I, I think Laba's definitely a starter. Is, there's been a lot of talk about Gershon Kofi on Twitter at training, really impressing the team and really working hard and everything. Do you think there's a chance that Kofi comes in the lineup and Rear Coker takes a break? Maybe they say he's still not fully fit from the, the cold. Yeah, there could be. I, I, I could certainly see it. Uh, at this point in time, I just don't think that he's going to want to do that unless there really is, unless Rio Coker really is still suffering from, from a, an illness, a cold. I think you're going to see uh, Rio Coker spell back in. I, I wouldn't necessarily be against Kofi going in there. I, I've always been a big fan of his. I, I do think it would be a bit of a step down from what we normally get out of Rio Coker. But I think, especially those two, you now is the time we want to form a, a partnership back there between those two guys and get used to them uh, protecting those back four. The back line is going to be uh, relatively the same. I think the full backs are not going to change. Obviously, right back because you don't you don't want you don't I don't I personally don't like what they have on the bench for there. But left back, I think Jordan Harvey hasn't really hurt the team this year so far this year, and I mentioned so far. I think Andy O'Brien, uh, he had, he came off with a bit of an injury. I'm wondering if he, they give him a break from traveling out east and put in a, like a Johnny Leveron who might be over his concussion issues. Or do you see that back line staying the same and they, they want some continuity there? Yeah, I, again, I think they're going to stick with the same back four. And if anybody gets moved, I would hope it's not Andy O'Brien. So, yeah, they're probably going to keep the same back four. 
Then obviously the keeper position, I, I I don't see definitely not I, keeper was not the issue last game. No, I, I know Lucid had a bit of a you know bad goal to let in the first game, but he was he made a couple of good saves there, especially in the second half, keeping it a one nothing score when he challenged Barrera come, coming off his line and everything. So let's get down to the game itself. Uh, what do you what do you think? How do you think the Whitecaps they rebound from that one one draw, which was disappointing. Or and play a little bit more like what they played against New York, or do you think? What do you think of the game? Yeah, you know, it's this is a really tough one. It's uh, I really don't know how this one is going to go. If you told me if I fell asleep right now and woke up Sunday morning and you told me that the Whitecaps got trounced for nothing, I wouldn't be that surprised. And if you told me that they just throttled New England, I wouldn't be surprised either. So it it really could go any way. I'd like to, to think that they're going to have a bounce-back performance. I don't know if that's me thinking with my head or with my heart, but I think they're going to be a little bit better. As always, for whatever reason, MLS in particular, it's so tough on the road. I don't know why it's so difficult on the road, but I, I still... So they're going to have some problems, uh, as you would expect on the road in the MLS, but I, I, I expect a decent performance in a much closer game. So what do you think? Give me I don't want to answer. <laughs> we'll say uh, I, I'm going to go with a let's go with a two-all draw. Okay, um, I think that the Whitecaps will be able to score this week. I think the the back line, unless they're able to resolve these off-field issues like immediately, I think their back line is going to suffer. Um, I think they will be they will let Gels in, but I think also they will score some. I'm also with you on the scoreline. I think it's 2-2 draw. I think the Whitecaps come home with two draws on their two-game road trip. Which, really, if you think about it, it isn't the worst thing that happen, could happen. If we, if we come back you know, at the beginning of the season when we peg in two draws on these two games, that's not the worst thing to happen. So let's just consider if they had a stinker of a game and still got a draw, let's consider it a, you know, a learning experience. Totally agree with you. So before we sign off, uh, Jay, where can we find you online? I'm at J underscore Duke on Twitter. And obviously occasionally writing for AFTN. Very occasionally, <laughs> yes. Um, you can find me, uh, Steve Pander, at WhitecapsBeat on Twitter. You can find us writing at Canadian Soccer News at AFTN.ca. So that's episode 49 of the books. The Whitecaps will be taking on the New England Revolution on a Saturday morning. It's an early start at 11 a.m., and the game will be on CTV this week. And obviously, Team 1410 on the radio dial. And don't forget to look out for our own post-game podcast, which will be available most likely on a, on, on the Saturday night, maybe early Sunday, uh, where we'll be breaking down the game. And, and we'll obviously be joined by Michael McCall at that point. So until then, thanks for joining us and enjoy the match. When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the World Service of a Saturday afternoon... Crackly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces, cheesy peas at half-time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm?